You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. 33 minutes past the hour on Real Presence Live. I'm Matt Wilkham, Communications Director for the Winona Rochester Diocese. Here in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis at the Church of St. Michael, along with the pastor of said parish, Father Randall Kazel. Thanks for uh, joining us here for Real Presence Live, and thanks, Father Kazel, for hosting. Oh, you're welcome. Great to have you here, and it's great to have Real Presence Radio. Catholic Radio is an important part of spreading the faith and being a part of sharing our faith with one another. So not only do we want to share our faith with all our listeners and Catholics and non-Catholics, anyone who's listening, really, uh, we also want to affirm our faith and reiterate what our faith teaches us so that we can be the best Catholics, love Jesus the most we possibly can. And you are here to reaffirm our listeners' faith when they call in. During our Straight Talk segment... The number is 877-795-0122. Now, to get on the air with Father Randall Kazel. If there's anything you've been wondering about when it comes to why we believe and what we believe as Catholics, or if you have a question on the faith that you haven't had a chance to ask yet, now is that time. What's that number, Father Kazel? It is 877-795-0122. Call in, or you can go through Facebook to offer a question that we could look at here on our straight talk. Don't want to forget Facebook. You can you can be you can say I want to ask it anonymously if you'd like. We're more than happy to oblige. If you don't want your name out there, but please do ask the question either by giving us a call at 877-795-0122 or on the RPR Facebook page. With Excellent. Father Randall Kazel. Excellent. Show we are one of the things we were just doing here at the parish, we just had a p- wonderful parish mission with Father David Gunter, and I know he was on RPR here last week, I believe it was, uh, promoting our, our local mission. We had a marvelous week of talks that ended last night, Sunday through Wednesday. And Father talked about the days of Elijah, and then going into the fr- from Elijah, who was several centuries before zero, the year zero, uh, and then the first century, what was going on, and then in our current time. So relating all those various times, in that time of Elijah, uh, there was a great turning away by the ten northern tribes, or the ten tribes of Israel that were in the north part of Israel, and how there was grave sin, including idolatry and child sacrifice, and relating how in the first century there were similar sins of depravity, and in our own time. So what is going to happen in our own time? And the, to cut to the bottom line, I want to give it all away because I think Father wants to put it on a DVD, which will be a marvelous series. But it, basically, we're looking for the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And we're looking for what she's interceding for the graces that are needed, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit uh, that hearts and minds may turn back to God. Uh, certainly, um, in all of this time, the current context, many people are experiencing fears of different kinds, including our the coronavirus situation and the fears. So we, we get to individually respond. How are we going to respond to this? You know, so we're going to respond through prayer. What does our Lord ask of me? What are the practical things that are right before me? And we can keep our, our spiritual wits about us oriented toward God because our Lord has a plan. That's the, the biggest thing. Our Lord loves us 
and he has a plan. And his plan is to give us the exodus out of our own weakness and sin. And sin, because Jesus ushered in. He's the, in a sense, he's the new Moses. He's the the Moses that leads us out of the bondage of slavery and the bondage of our own weaknesses with his grace. So we we can stay bound and in fear, or we can have the exodus in union with him uh, to living in a confident way, even the facing of uh, very difficult adversity. So that's where we need to be. But it, but it also means that we, we act well and prudently, and he will lead us to not only love him concretely, but in action, love one another even more deeply in the midst of adversity. So that'll be the challenge, I think, here in the weeks ahead, that we show great generosity in prayer toward God, loving him more, uh, but also with one another. How do we, what sort of actions do we do? Absolutely. Uh, so we had a great mission, and those are the, the basic underlying, you know, bird's eye view of the whole theme. Uh, we, we await the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and, and it's, you know, very likely even happening in the midst of us. As she's very much like a mother, leading, guiding, and nurturing, and, and it will continue to flower and, and blossom uh, as the days go by, I believe. This is true. Uh, again, the Straight Talk segment during Real Presence Live. If you want to get on the line and talk to Father Randall Kazel about anything regarding the Catholic faith, you might have a question about 877-795-0122. Again, 877-795-0122 or the RPR Facebook page. Post your question there for Father Kazel. He'd be happy to answer it. Father Kazel, you know, what you're talking about just now with the situation in ancient Israel with the ten tribes that broke away Um, It reminds me of the story in the Gospel of John of the woman at the well, Mm -hmm. who she was from the north. She was living in Samaria, which is an area where people from the southern kingdom avoided at all costs. And when people heard, when his disciples heard that he was going through Samaria, I think they must have been thinking, why aren't we taking the long way around? (laughs) Because these two people, these two peoples didn't get along. But he purposefully, he purpose, purposefully went to Samaria because he knew that there was somebody there that he wanted to meet. And that was that woman who was, she had five husbands. Right. And this is, from what I understand, kind of metaphorical for the five idols that had infiltrated those ten tribes because they had been conquered by the Assyrians and then the Assyrians moved a bunch of people out and moved their own people in and then intermarried and then brought their own gods and it was a big, big old mess. And so there, there's this spiritual analogy there where he says, you've had five husbands already. She's like, well, yeah, that's, that's right. And he says, the, the one that, that you're with now is not your husband. But then he comes and he is, he is the seventh husband, if you will. Mm-hmm. The perfection has arrived. And he has come specifically for her. Where she comes in the middle of the day because she doesn't, she's been ostracized. By the rest of the women, you know, women out in the in the in the Middle East, there in the middle of the day, they wouldn't go out in the middle of the day to gather water because it's so hot. But she's she comes to Jacob's well in the middle of the day because nobody else will talk to her. Nobody wants to be seen with her. But yet, yet Jesus seeks her out, and 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 this, it's just a a really beautiful story of how God. In the midst of, of our sin, no matter how deep it is, no matter how far gone we think we might be, we can come to the point, too, where we become evangelists like this woman and say, come and, come and see a man who told me everything that I ever did. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite lines in the gospel. 
Yeah, very good, Matt. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. It, and, and indeed, when our Lord went into Samaria, that was the area that where the, the northern part of Israel that had broken away from the southern part, uh, the, the, the main part of the Jewish kingdom. And yeah, the many idols were brought in, and some of them deliberately by the Israelites the, the time before uh, the Assyrians conquered them for false uh, idolatrous worship that that the that was a strategy by some of the leaders then of the the ten tribes actually they did not want the the Jewish men to be going back down to Jerusalem and thus reunification could happen so they introduced the idols including the one like a the molten calf like was in the Exodus earlier they had introduced uh, some seriously bad things and thus our, our Lord willed to have the Assyrians come in and said no this is not the covenant and this is not what it is and then the in the area of Jerusalem they continued on with the worship that that God wanted at that time so nonetheless the the idea that our Lord would go back into Samaria in that area that uh, a, a devout Jewish man would not do uh, that's a sign that one of the key things is unity our Lord wanted wants unity he wants unity in the church and that unity is not with some idea out there it, it's with him he is the unifying factor and the more people come to Jesus and say Jesus what do you want from me I repent of my sins I want your will I want your peace uh, not the peace the world gives or not the assurance that the world can offer I want the peace that you give and I want the clarity of your will, your mind, and your heart. And when people ask that of him, well, he's already decided to give it, but he won't force it. He wants people to want, in faith, to believe in his divinity, to believe in his almighty power as God, and he unifies that. He unifies minds and hearts all throughout the world in himself. So that becomes the key, and that's one of the, the main uh, points of the interaction of Jesus with the uh, the woman at the well is that he is desiring to give unity and thus he talks about if you would ask I would give you living water that would never end you would it would, it would quench your thirst and that and that our our souls thirst for unity and the main unity our, our deepest self thirst for is unity with God himself and that's what was lost with Adam and Eve when they committed the original sin they experienced what I describe as the original loneliness that's deep within souls that uh, uh, that only God can fill and when that is satisfied in friendship with God and in prayer with him uh, through faith and then love of him and his will, uh, all things become then in harmony with God and then around in the world. It becomes that, that our Lord uses that soul in union with him to ripple that out to others. So that, that becomes the, one of the key themes, what our Lord is doing there, not only on a human level that the apostles can see in that interaction, but also on a spiritual level and a practical level for the church becomes a foundation for the church that in my church I want unity. And he prayed for that again uh, on the, the time of the, the Last Supper. It's a prayer for unity, that we may be one as you and I, Father, are one. So Right. There are no Lone Ranger Christians. <laughs> no, there's not supposed to be. Uh, but the but somehow our Lord sees all this and, and working I, I think it's gonna be with the help of our blessed mother. You know, she's she's the, the mother of orthodoxy, the mother of faithfulness, uh, the children of God, that through her and the gift of the Holy Spirit, there's going to be that interior movement of mind. And and it's all in the will. You know, it's in the will. What does the will want? And the, we have to choose. Many times people don't realize how important it is to make the choice for Jesus. And even if the intellect doesn't understand everything about Jesus and doesn't ever understand everything about the teachings of our faith, if the intellect can come to the point of knowing that there there is 
the divinity of Jesus that is effused in the heart of the church and out of the heart of the church, it is Jesus himself. And can come to that intellectual understanding and then choose it. Choose to believe because the church's mission is to share the divinity of Jesus. And our Lord you know, has chosen at times uh, and weak members and it doesn't take away sinfulness but calls all to repentance and conversion to Jesus himself. Well, then you begin to see that it is the source of the grace that gives hope to humanity, to the human family, and then to the divine society of that we call the church. So the church's mission is to heal and restore unity, to give peace, uh, and to foster love for Jesus Christ and the surrender to his holy will. It's really beautiful, really. We get to the essence of, of what's happening here. So, mm-hmm. I was thinking also, too, of that line from the, I think it was the Gospels, that uh, Jesus, uh, right before he ascends to, to, the, to the Father, or maybe it's in Acts, where he says, you'll be my witnesses mm-hmm. in Jerusalem, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Yes. And so he's calling for unity, not only between the tribes of Israel, but then everybody. Yeah, see, those tribes are never meant to split off. You know, that was a grave error. That, the one that started it was actually Solomon's son, Rehoboam. And then after that, you know, more descendants to Jeroboam, and then it became deeper in the division. Uh, so that never willed by God that they should be divided. And we experience that division now among the followers of Jesus, and then even more widespread among the human family. So it limits the, the strength with which we could. But nonetheless... Um, our hope is constantly in Jesus, that, that with our Blessed Mother and even our great patron, St. Joseph, that these things are going to be made straight, the paths be made straight. So Absolutely. we should look forward to that and pray for that. Absolutely. You're listening to the Straight Talk segment here on Real Presence Live. Call in with your question for Father Randall Kazel at 877-795-0122. If you have a question regarding the Catholic faith, again, 877-795-0122. We have a caller on the line, Sandra from Blackhawk. Welcome to Real Presence Live. What is your question for Father Kazel? Good morning. Thank you for taking my question. Can you explain to me why we all drink out of the same chalice, not even considering coronavirus, but <clears throat> there's so many people in our church that do not drink the blood of Christ, and it's because of the germ factor. So is there a possibility that in the future the wine would be poured in little cups and we could drink out of those? Yeah, it's a good question, Sandra. Very good. Um, there's a few uh Factors, you know, one theologically, so what our practical practice in our faith and liturgical worship uh, begins with theological foundations. So, number one, at the Holy Mass, it is, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's unity. So we, in the precious blood and the the sacred host that's consecrated, uh, it's one sacrifice. So uh, the the Eucharist. Uh, it, hidden behind the appearance of bread is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. So, and then the blood—it's the divinity and blood of Jesus. So they're it's united in one sacrifice, and that's how our Lord wills it to be from the altar. Now, when the presentation is from um, uh, for the the faithful to come forward to receive, so there, there's not a dissemination of several chalices. So there'd be one chalice or. Uh, a quite a limited number of chalices. So that's the theological idea: is that to to keep it united into one 
one sacrifice that it's that the faithful united to the priest so as few as possible now, that's the idea now the second thing is pragmatic that means it's a practical reality uh, the more containers you have of the precious blood the the greater the possibility of profaning the precious blood and that means the spilling of the precious blood on the floor or the possibility of dripping the precious blood on one's clothing uh, and then also uh, every single drop of the precious blood is the fullness of the divinity and the precious blood of Jesus. Every every smallest drop that we can observe in a container, and it ought to be cared for with the greatest reverence, uh, because it's God. It's God. Our Lord is so humble and so loves us. He permits us to handle Him, and so we must have a sense of great reverence and awe before this mystery of our Lord's humility and His personal love, and strive to return humility and personal love back to him by caring for him in the best possible way. So we want to do all we can to prevent uh, any any spilling or any um, careless handling or, or possible uh, accidents that, that could happen. So those are key ideas that over the course of the time of the church that began, people understood, no, these, these are the better ways, these are the best ways uh, that to handle the precious blood. So in essence, that's why it's it's not done in such a way. So why we would not have many containers of the precious blood to be disseminated to the people. And each one of those, if it were to happen, you just theorize a bit, each one of those little containers would need to be carefully purified uh, at, at the Holy Mass or just after the Holy Mass by the, by the appointed ministers. So that's why it's not a common practice. Does that answer your question, Sandra? Just is it going to change now that we have, we're dealing with the coronavirus? Uh, I don't know, mm-hmm. but my own opinion would be I don't think so. If anything happens, it's likely that the, like, for example, the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, they just uh, decided that there'd be no offering of the precious blood in chalices to the faithful. Of course, the priest would consume the sacred host and the precious blood as to complete and fulfill the Holy Mass, but the precious blood is not going to be offered to the faithful for some set time or, or for the foreseeable future until something else is discerned. Uh, so I, I, I don't foresee that changing, no. If anything, it will be more limited. Okay. I know that one thing that uh, I've seen actually in my home parish, uh, now my, my, my dad is a deacon in the Diocese of La Crosse, and in that parish they do intinction, mm-hmm. which is uh, when you go up for the communion line, if you put your hands out to receive in the hand, then you would receive just, that, that would be the sign to the, to the minister that you would only be receiving under one form, under the form of bread. Uh, but if you were to open your mouth, then the minister would take the host and dip it into like a small container of the precious blood that was that was in the larger container with the uh, with the Eucharist. Dip a small portion of that into the precious blood and then place that into the mouth on the tongue. Mm-hmm. And so that would be a way to maintain that fuller sign uh, without perhaps encountering some of the issues that we're talking about with coronavirus and whatnot. Sure. And one other point I should add on to there, uh, Sandra and Matt, is that sometimes uh, the faithful can be uh, um, some wonderment. Well, don't I receive more of Jesus if I receive both the sacred host and the precious blood? Well, the reality is the sacred host contains 
and, and is truly present, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. So you receive uh, the fullness of Jesus in the Eucharistic host. Uh, so if one were to receive the precious blood uh, as part of receiving Holy Communion, one receives the fuller sign or the, the both elements, uh, but, the, but really the host ha- contains all of the elements uh, possible. The body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. And when one sees a Eucharistic miracle, one understands that very plainly. There's several Eucharistic miracles around the world that it's truly his living flesh, and it, and there's ev- there, there is blood as part of his flesh uh, in, in the Eucharistic miracles. It is his heart muscle, his cardiac muscle, uh, when we are able to, our Lord takes away the veil of the appearance of bread. So our faith teaches us that it's it's the fullness of the sign uh, in the Eucharist, and the, the, the in, as far as receiving, uh, it's the full sign that's possible with the, the Eucharist and the precious blood. So just so that's clear. I'm glad you mentioned that because I was not aware of that. So thank you very much. You're welcome, Sandra. Thanks for calling in. Marvelous question. You, thank you. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Uh, I'm Matt Wilkham along with Father Randall Kazel. It's Straight Talk where you get the chance to call in at 877-795-0122 and speak with Father Kazel about Maybe a question you have regarding the Catholic faith. That was a great one, Father, uh, regarding yeah. liturgical practice and what our world is experiencing right now with this pandemic. That's correct. And I think our faithful uh, need to have that sense of peace and confidence to approach Jesus. But in, And also, we, it, it's okay to deal with our fears and actually bring them to Jesus. And we can do so in effective ways. Uh, it's, our Lord is so good. Uh, he's, he permits things like we're experiencing now for reasons to bring good. Uh, I would look for great graces of blessings. So I think our, our faithful should uh, not allow themselves to stay completely in fear, but to bring that fear to Jesus and just say, Jesus, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. I'm, I don't know what's going to come and talk to him uh, in the Eucharist or talk to him uh, uh, right from your heart. And uh, I would say, you know, it's good to go to confession. It's good if, you're, if you haven't been to confession in a while, you know, you want that grace as well and all, all the graces of our faith in that prayer so um, that that uh, our Lord simply loves us and he's permitting these things actually we, we pray to draw us closer to him so he doesn't want us to suffer though he wants us to be at peace just a quick uh, Real Presence Live show note this was just confirmed Dr. Paul Carson an infectious disease specialist in Fargo and a member of Catholic Medical Association is going to be on Real Presence Live this coming Monday at 10.30 a.m. to talk more about coronavirus and reasonable responses to it and where perhaps there's maybe a bit too much fear. Yes, very good. That'll be excellent. Great show coming on Monday. Real Presence Live. This morning, Thursday, it's 54 past the hour. We have just a few more, more minutes left of Straight Talk. You have the chance right now to call in at 877-795-0122 and speak with the inimitable Father Randall Kazel. How do you like that? <laughs> that sounds great. Well, you might explain to everybody what that word actually means. <laughs> um, unable to be imitated. Oh, I think that's how, in, inimitable. I don't know. But some preachers <laughs> might disagree with that. 877-795-0122 or the RPR Facebook page. Our call screeners are monitoring that for messages. So you can ask your question that way, too, via Facebook. And, uh, Father, just wanted to also highlight... How, you know, they, they talked about perhaps where there's too much fear yes. regarding this coronavirus. I mean, can we, can we be too careful regarding this pan- pandemic? Can we be too cautious? Is there such a thing as going too far? I mean, where, where's the line between taking reasonable precautions and just panicking? 
Yes, that's a good question, man. And I think generally if the fear begins to um, paralyze the person and if the fear is like, you know, I'm not, I'm not praying or I, you know, not really functioning and, and it becomes a, a manifestation of a certain phobia that paralyzes the person inside themselves, you know, that, that's, that there certainly has been a line crossed there regarding going too far. And I think reasonable precautions, certainly, uh, I think the State Department gives some advice, you know, regarding washing your hands, uh, regarding contact. Um, and, and so we're, we're working to try to implement some of these things. And, uh, and I think one of the challenges we face in our culture, we're, we're simply a very social culture. And we're mobile. We go around. We, we go to various things. We think nothing of traveling several miles to go to a restaurant or go to be at a sporting event or to go at a social event. We, we're, we're very mobile. We, we like to, at least in the circles that I have, we're very social. We go out and we do, we do things. Not everyone is that way in our country, of course, but we, we tend to be that way. We, we think of, well, Matt, you drove here from, what, 20 miles away or 30 miles away? Is it we, right. we, get, we get around <laughs> we do. So I think this whole idea with the virus, one of the things is, is it's, it's going to crimp our style for a little bit, it looks like. You know, it's it's going gonna to slow us down a little bit, or at least even thinking about it. You know, what, what do we need to think about with that? So, and not that God necessarily wills something like this to happen, but no. I think it's interesting that this is happening during Lent. No, yeah, right. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a, uh, basically for us, it, it becomes a kind of sacrifice where we'd like to see or do various things. And it's like, no, it's best perhaps to do this or that, or, or even to take up new habits, such as to wash your hands regularly. You know, it's, it's surprising when I read sometimes how few people actually take that seriously and do a good job of washing their hands with whatever they're doing, you know, before right. food preparation or, or after the restroom or whatever. So it's, it's uh, that we be attentive to these details and be attentive to doing little things well. And those can be offered to God. You know, again, our Lord is permitting this. He did, he is not, this is not in his positive will and his will is like uh, uh, will he doesn't will to afflict us but he's going to bring good out of this and we should look for that absolutely absolutely we uh, have just a couple minutes left here during straight talk and we're talking about the coronavirus pandemic and our response and hopefully it's not a response of paralyzing fear and in the catholic church i think i was reading of one bishop saying that we're not a place of fear we're a place of healing and so no matter what happens, people should feel like they can come to church and pray. Yeah, absolutely. And I noticed Bishop Strickland, I want to make this point here before we wrap up, but he, he asked uh, priests to make a procession uh, in honor of the Blessed Sacrament or even a Eucharistic procession. He's, he had this as a general one, I think, for his priest of his diocese. He's in Texas, I believe Tyler. Tyler? He, yeah, and he, he said, I want our priests to do a Eucharistic procession before the Feast of St. Joseph. So St. Joseph's been in my mind anyway, because I'm reading this marvelous book on him. But, but I thought, well, what a great instruction that uh, Bishop Strickland would have. And maybe that's a good idea for our faithful to think, let's do a Eucharistic procession. Let's pray that our Lord deliver us from this and from our fears. But also, you know, if we face reality, if we suffer, help us to do so courageously with, right. uh, with trust. E- either way, to recognize that we depend upon God for everything. Uh, great stuff. Father Randall Kazel, thanks for... Your words of wisdom on Straight Talk this morning. Thanks, Matt. Thanks Uh, be to God. Yes, indeed. Up next, they're combining coffee and Christ. Hear how Marilyn Baker and Barry Bruss are helping spread the gospel message in a beautiful way. And later, how can we effectively draw fallen away Catholics back to the faith? We'll have that discussion. Keep it right here for much more Real Presence Live. (laughs) 